Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. This is a special pregame show on a Monday night before the Bears play the Patriots. I was getting a little worried there about Bailey Zappi. I don't know about you guys, but it looks like Mac Jones is going to be playing tonight. So I don't know if I should be worried about that either. But we're going to get into that in just a moment. We are down Dan Aguirre tonight because he's going to be watching the game. He's not ready for the show. And we have a special guest with us, Mr. Podfather himself, Mr. Aldo Gandia, is going to be joining us. And we have Cliff with the Cliff Notes, kind of the pre-Cliff Notes for this Patriots game. Because we're done talking about the Commanders. Let's talk about this Patriots game. Kitty, let's kick this off. country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city, state, it's across the world, it's in your heart, and it's here, the Bears Country Podcast. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Shortino. We are here with the podfather tonight, Eldo Gandia. Eldo, can the Bears beat the Patriots? The Bears can beat the Patriots. And by the way, before I expound on that, I'd like to say thank you for the invitation. And what a great open to this show. Holy cow. And I'm not talking about the video open. I'm talking about your open, buddy. You started to show off great. It's called a uh, cold open in the business, and you nailed it. Congratulations. Thank you, man. <laughs> but I, 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 go ahead, please. You. No, I, I've seen other podcasters do it, and I kind of liked it. So I, I, I kind of tried to pick it up and just see what happens. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. And I do believe the Bears can win this game. Will they win? I'm not betting on them. I will, uh, like uh, Mike North said on his show, and I think we'll have a commercial clip later, he does say take the Bears and the eight points that a lot of the draft uh, uh, betting services are offering. Now, my biggest concern is Bill Belichick. As much as I hate him, I respect what he does to young quarterbacks. On the radio this morning, I heard a stat from Dan Wiederer, Dan Aguirre's arch nemesis as a Bears reporter. Dan Wiederer is always uh, saying something negative or something to caution Bears fans about. And he said that he started studying all of the rookie quarterbacks who played, maybe it was rookie and second-year quarterbacks, who have played in Foxborough against Bill Belichick, and the record is something like three and forty-two. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, <laughs> this guy Belichick is a an assassin to young quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see how he confuses our young quarterback who has already been having trouble. But 
I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that moment to click with Justin Fields. And I'm waiting for that moment where the receivers don't drop his perfect passes. And I'm waiting for those offensive linemen to play a little bit better and get a little bit better. And maybe we'll see that with this supposed new lineup we'll see at the offensive line. So long-winded answer, yes, they can win. Am I expecting victory? No. So there you go. And don't forget to complete those wide-open passes. You know, the one that he missed. Uh, yes. <laughs> that play, I was saying on a different podcast, I think it was last Monday, that it, it, it reminded me of uh, the Niners game, that, that pass to Pettis. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to fuck that pass up because he was so wide open, you know, and he actually got it to him. This is just a case of that where, like, the, you could almost see the jitters in him as he threw the ball. He was like, oh, man, this guy is so wide open, and then he just overthrew it. Back, back to the expounding on the Patriots, what you were saying that, you know, Trubisky played well in the game that we last played the Patriots, I think, in Foxborough mm-hmm. with Trubisky in what is second year. And that, well, that was 2018, I believe. 2018, and yeah. He played well in that game. He had that awesome long run. I, it looked like we were going to actually be able to win that game. And they had Tom Brady at the time. And mm-hmm. to your point, Belichick beat us. So uh, this is this is that moment to where you were talking about the breakout game. We've I've been waiting for it too. I think we all have kind of been like, where is this? We started to feel the momentum building, and we were, we, we were you know he almost got that win in the the Vikings game, and then you know strangely enough, I predicted twenty eight to thirteen for the Commanders Bears win, and if they would have scored all of those their drives in the in the red zone it would have been 28 to 12 i would have been off by one point mm-hmm. you know so they, they were moving the ball you know and they they just couldn't get it done and we started to feel this momentum building from the vikings into the commanders and then it, it's it was building and then it just went <clears throat> every time they got to that goal line they got in the red zone i mean three straight that's just ridiculous i mean really Unbelievable. so i'm hoping that that can build going into tonight because you know Justin Fields does play well in primetime yeah he, he played well in the last primetime they just couldn't finish it mm-hmm. and if they can just they can play that well tonight and Justin Fields can have that breakout game please just have the breakout game please mm-hmm. I heard you guys on Mike North talking about this or yesterday morning and it's true uh, what Mike was saying about Justin Fields that you know, it, there is a lot of it that's on him. It's not just all on the team. Right. And when are, when are we going to have that? It's, mm-hmm. It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's not going to happen, right? And then we're like... It, yeah, this rebuild will officially be called a rebuild. I don't care how... Uh, Ryan Poles wants to uh, term it, you know, term it. He's been trying to avoid that word. I saw, I actually saw a quote from him today as I was doing some research on another project. And Poles said, you know, that uh, rebuild word has certain connotations that's not healthy. And so he termed it as we're in the process of winning now, but rebuilding for tomorrow, which is kind of odd. And I'm paraphrasing, but kind of right. odd. It's very, I've complained about the Chicago Bears organization for uh, over a decade now that that has been a problem with this team is that they're trying to win now and they're also rebuilding. And you really do have to make a commitment to one or the other in order to give it a 100% chance of success. You cannot 
you know, look, you look at the Rams, and now they're paying the price, of course, but they won a Super Bowl last year. And why was that? Because they went all in on winning now. And there are other teams in the NFL who have adapted that approach. And then there are other teams who have slowly started to gather momentum. And after a few years of mediocrity, now you see them contending. And that's a very effective way. That's my preferred way of of building a team because you can then sustain success for a longer period of time. It's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not without great pain, uh, <laughs> you know, as we know, as we're going through right now, it is very, very painful, but I appreciate what he's trying to do. And then when, when I see people on social media and some of my friends call me and tell me, yeah, but he bypassed this guy in the draft. Oh, but he could have done this and could have done that. Yeah, they're, they're, those could be labeled as mistakes. Uh, we'll, we'll soon see. I got a gut feeling that these two defensive backs that they drafted in the first round are going to be Pro Bowl caliber guys for many, many years. And I know Kyler Gordon got off to a slow start, start but put that in context with the amount of time he missed in preseason and put that in context with the fact that you know, this is a new system. And then you look at Brisker and the way that he's playing, he's contending for defensive rookie of the year. There's yep. no doubt about it. So uh, you can't you can't lash out on Ryan Post for what he did in the first round. And we could debate Valus Jones all night, but if he catches two, three touchdown passes tonight, all of a sudden he's going to be, wow, what a great pick. If Valus <laughs> Jones catches four Four uh, passes tonight, and two of them are touchdowns, and one of them wins the game. Nobody is going to remember those two fucking dropped punts. Exactly. Right? Exactly. If he does it a couple more times, especially if we could start winning because of him instead of losing because of him, all that's going to go out the window. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, if, if they took him off the punt return duties, right? Mm -hmm. that's so, that's, that's, so if they just put him in that receiver spot and just focus on that, put you know, get some routes concepts in there that are just designed for him. Mm -hmm. Get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. Get him some yaks. See what happens. Mm -hmm. And that could turn the tides for the kid. I mean, you know, he's got to be feeling like shit now, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And from all accounts, he's a good guy. He studies hard. He's got a good, a solid mental approach to the game. And so... You know, while I do think you have to take him off of uh, punt return, especially for this game, playing in Gillette Stadium, a hostile environment, Monday night football, yeah. you want to put that kind of pressure on him. But you are absolutely right. There should be at least a half dozen play calls for him. Uh, bubble screens, maybe a deep pass, a crossing pattern. we got to get the ball in his hands because we know what he can do. We saw it in preseason in his very, very limited preseason when he caught a punt and he almost took it uh, to the house. That speed that he has is uh, eye-popping. So you got to get him involved. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they use Nikhil Harry, the former Patriots first-round uh, draft pick who's making his debut with the Bears and playing against you know his former team. What are your expectations for, for Harry? You think he's going to see a lot of playing time and that he's going to be given an opportunity to, to, to make a big play or two? I think he will be given the opportunity to make a play or two. I just don't think he'll do it. That's We've talked about this a lot with the Bears and the revenge games, right? It seems like whenever a player leaves the Bears and goes somewhere else and comes and plays against the Bears, he fucking dominates us. <laughs> and when, the, when we get somebody from someone else's team and we play them in that revenge game, they don't do shit. So, you know, I'm I'm not 
I guess um, the approach I'm taking of it is more of, of the, um, uh, where is it where you, you hope for, uh, you hope for the opposite so that you get the result you want. Like, yeah. I want the Bears to lose. Oh, the Patriots are going to win 45 to zip. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of a thing. Reverse yep. psychology. Yeah. Just reverse psychology, I guess. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm concerned about uh, them not being able to get the ball into Vallis Jones' hand. Yeah. I would like to see that. And him and Nikhil Harry, they could be the two turning tides that has been missing from this team. If Nikhil Harry is on that goal line play, you know, last week instead of Mooney, does he catch that ball? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of moments where we – we, how many times have we said this? You guys talked about this yesterday morning with Mike North. We could easily be, you know, four and two, yeah, or three and three. Mm -hmm. I'm betting on four two, or even possibly five and one. Right. The games, it's not like they've been blowouts. Aside from that Green Bay gate, uh, game getting away from us, it's mm -hmm. they haven't been blowouts. So. Yeah, know. we're in every game, and so for that we have to be thankful. And I think that that's a uh, testament to the culture that the Bears have built. I mean, we were so impressed during preseason when they went 3-0 and mm -hmm. and they played with that hits mentality. We saw a team that was that took on very few penalties in the preseason, and we were all impressed. We were all saying this coaching staff knows what they're doing. They've immediately transformed this team from the Matt Nagy, heavy penalties, undisciplined uh, oh, football oh, oh, team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Aldo. You you said you said the word. I'm not even going to get into that. That's I have zero thought. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you know that that coaching staff hasn't gotten stupider, you know, but they're going through some growing pains too. There's no doubt about it. You know, this is the big stage. Everyone. And we can debate this, too. It seems like uh, the Bears continually, with the exception of uh, uh, Fox, they bring in a lot of young people to lead the, the organization on the field or at Hallis Hall and so forth. And you can debate whether they should have gone with somebody who's had more success at the NFL level uh, than these guys. But I'm still in their corner. I'm still in the corner of Ryan Poles and Iberflus and Luke Getze and Alan Williams and Richard Hightower, the coordinators. Uh, I still believe that they can get this thing done. But, and Danny Shimon said it perfectly last week on Bears football. He said, this is what we wanted. We wanted them to blow it up. And with that comes patience. It, with that comes frustration. And so hopefully um, they, you know, they, they turn that frustration into victories real soon here. And uh, to your point earlier about talking about, uh, the teams that have just gone all in, like the Rams, and now the 49ers, you know, trading away all these draft picks for McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden now they think that their <laughs> Super Bowl window is better now with Garoppolo for some reason, so they went all in even more. Yeah. You know, and the Bears kind of tried to do that with the Trubisky trade and then the Mac trade, and then, mm -hmm. then they kind of reset with this Justin Fields trade, giving up picks. And now we're in this regime now that I think treats the picks as gold. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to see – to your point, what you said a moment ago, let's build this team through the draft. Mm -hmm. I don't, everyone talks about this hundred million dollars that's up in the air for grabs, you know, for the, the best players next year. I want to see that go into the players that 
we developed ourselves, and I want to, I want to see more draft picks. Yeah. If they if they end up with a high draft pick and they can trade down and get two picks in the first round, you know mm-hmm. that's what I would like to see, mm-hmm. and just build up this team through the draft. It's what you know the Packers have done for years. It's what the Patriots do. I, I want a team that does that, and I think that this is the regime that's going to do that. And I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff too. I don't think the play calling is terrible. I mean, you, you're seeing, you know, we've talked all about this. There's plays on the field there. Yes. Some of them, some of them were plays within plays. Some of them were hot routes that were changed that weren't picked up by fields, but there's plays there that, t- that have been there to be had and they haven't been. Mm-hmm. And that's just the learning curve to what Jenny Shimon said. It's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's what we said last week on Monday on, Monday night on Bears Country podcast. Patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to just as fans realize, hey, none of us thought, well, aside from some of us thought we were, I thought we were going to be 11 and 6, but for the majority of us fans and national media base and local media base thought this team was going to be worse than they are now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, we're watching fields get hit like a hammer or like a nail with a hammer, you know, but <laughs> exactly- there's still, there's still uh, a lot of positives to draw from this. There's still growth that's being had. And at some point, at some point this season, it's going gonna, it's gonna to click, man. I just feel it. It's going to just one day, one day. One we day had on, Co- uh, excuse me for interrupting. Uh, we had on Coach T on uh, Dan and Aldo show a couple of weeks ago, and he almost guaranteed that by game eight or nine is when you will see that ball click with Justin mm-hmm. Fields. You know, what's also interesting is uh, this has been ringing in my head since I saw it um, um, almost a week ago. Yeah, a week ago to the day. I was looking at Kurt Warner breaking down videotape of Justin Fields, and he and I, I showed a couple of clips on the Dan and Alder show, and his uh, mantra for what he was seeing with Justin was, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, let it go, let it go, let it go. And because Justin wasn't seeing that, he's got to realize that in the NFL, those windows of opportunity to complete a pass uh, to your receivers are much, much smaller than they were at Ohio State or in college football. You've got to know where the leverage is. You've got to see, okay, the the, I know my receiver is going in. I see that the defensive back is leaning out uh, on his coverage. The leverage is out. So he's going to have a half a step on him. I've got to fire it. <laughs> Release the trigger. It keeps echoing in my mind. Release the trigger. Release the trigger. Release the trigger. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And, Ju- and Justin hasn't done that. I saw the same thing. I like to watch Kurt Warner's videos too. And I actually used a, a clip on another one, a show that I did. It, I was watching yours on uh, Dan and Eldo with he, he you're right and he's right and, and what I'm seeing there though with my eyes is someone who realized that he missed the opportunity he's not looking at throwing the guy open mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing I'm seeing on those plays like Kurt Warner's talking about where you see him go out and then you'll you see that you got to throw it right now what he's saying just sling it sling it he's realizing at that moment, He's too late, but he's not at that moment. You can see when you're watching on the field, he like, he almost starts to get ready to throw it. And then he realizes, shit, yeah. I was a fraction of a second too late. Yeah. And he's afraid to throw it to that spot is, is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, he's not seeing the spot that he has to throw it to. And he's, and he's thinking that he didn't 
pull the trigger in time so he's not going to throw it now when he just needs to get rid of it at that moment when he first thought of it just throw Mm -hmm. it to the spot you're not throwing it to the guy you're throwing it to the spot where the guy is going to run to Mm -hmm. and that's what we're not seeing and i think we're going to start to see more of it i'm trying to remain positive for christ's sake I think where there's reason to remain positive. And even if they get blown out today, yeah, it's going to hurt, and I'll be swearing for the next 48 hours and stuff. But there's still going to be reason to be positive just because of the makeup of some of these guys. And I think Justin is is a fighter. Um, I like what USMC said earlier uh, about 20 minutes ago in the chat where he says, you know, uh, Justin just has to man up and prove that he's a better quarterback than Mac Jones. And sometimes it can be just that. It can be your mental approach to the game. It's interesting, you know, and a little bit worrisome that, you know, you saw him doing these breathing exercises. Uh, and sometimes when you see a young quarterback doing stuff like that, it tells me that he's worried that he's not performing well and he's trying to do different things as opposed to relying on things that have made him successful in the past. And so that worries me a little bit. It worries me a little bit that um, he may not be visualizing. I have found that a lot of athletes have talked about this and it started when I read uh, Bill Russell's autobiography. I was a kid uh, and I was reading his autobiography. The one thing I remember from that book is that he would talk about those long bus rides that they would go from Boston to New York or to Detroit or wherever they were uh, playing the next opponent. He spent his time on that bus with his eyes closed and visualizing the game. And so many times what he visualized over and over and over turned out to happen in the game. Grabs a rebound, fires that outlet pass, easy two points. And other uh, players from this era are doing the same thing. And so he has got to be visualizing that split second where he's got to release that ball, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, just let it go, just let it go, just let it go. He's got to visualize that, and then it'll just become like second nature to the guy, and I believe that's going to happen, and hopefully Coach T was wrong. It won't happen game eight or nine. It'll happen tonight, on Monday night. It's going to happen tonight. Yes. And I love that you said that because I do that all the time. You you really need to sit and visualize something. So like, let's say you're going to build your if you're if you're handy and your wife wants you to build her a little table, you know mm-hmm. you got to sit and think about all the different processes that you have to go through just to build that little table for her. Even though it seems simple, I got to make this cut, I got that cut, and then I can put it all together. It's kind of the same thing. I did this playing sports too. I would visualize and sit and visualize that big game where I was going to where. I, Sometimes I would even have a dream the night before. Like I had a dream one time that I could, I was running down the basketball court and I jumped and I dunked the basketball. And I'm only six two, and I felt where it came from in my in my in my calf. Mm -hmm. And I woke up the next morning from that dream. I went into high school. I went in the gym. My hand wasn't big enough to hold on to a basketball, but I grabbed a volleyball and I did it. I like ran and I felt the spot that it came from. That my my the dream kind of gave me and I saw the visualization of how to do that. It really is important. I love when Bayless Jones said that he that he visualizes. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been visualizing that punt return <laughs> enough. He's got to work on that. But he, but you see, get him in there at receiver and have him visualize being a receiver, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That is really, truly a key. I'm glad to see that players are doing that more too because I really believe it helps. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're I, rambling I, I, on. We should probably bring in Cliff because I'm sure Cliff has a lot to say. He has a Cliff Notes on the game here too, the pre-game, the pre-Cliff Note for the game tonight. So 
Love let's it. not talk too much and uh, skip some of the stuff he wants to talk about. So, uh, Kitty, let's go ahead and bring in Cliff Victoria. <laughs> What's going to happen, right, Cliff? laugh <laughs> every time. I, tr I tried to fix that to say what the fuck is going to happen, and I, I couldn't do it. It was taking too much time, so I was like, all right, never mind. Well, here, I can say it. What the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> Cliff, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. and Happy to be on the show, as always. Uh, looking forward to the game tonight. And everybody in the chat, we're going to get you to the game on time. So slightly abbreviated version of Cliff Notes tonight. Make sure we get it done uh, uh, in enough time so we can all watch the Bears beat the Patriots. Maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, love, I love the optimism. <laughs> all right, let's bring up your your, your pre-Cliff Notes. All right, here. And we'll get right into it. All right, a uh, little bit talking about the Bears' schedule for the, the next few weeks. All right, they are at the Patriots tonight, prime time. And then they're at the Cowboys, another tough game. Dolphins are coming to town. That's not going to be easy. Uh, then we get a couple of easier ones. The Lions, who, as Don Burr knows, are not doing what he thought they were going to. We got the at the Falcons. Uh, they're sort of hit or miss. You don't know what you're getting. And then we got at the Jets. Now, that's sort of interesting because they no longer have Brees Hall. Brees Hall tore his ACL yesterday so that's a shame you know he was really a developing young talent uh mm. he's, he's gonna be out till next year uh and then oh, finally man, sorry and then finally the packers and then we go into our bye week 14 so what do you guys think about that upcoming schedule is it scary or you think we're going to be okay I'm not scared of anybody, man. <laughs> now, Dak Prescott, <laughs> Prescott doesn't scare me. Hell no. Um, the the Dolphins, they scare me a little bit because those dark gone receivers, man, they got some firepower for Tua. But I'm not, you know, look at how many points they ended up scoring on Sunday night football, even with all that great personnel. So I, you know. Really, the, the Bears defense, which has been playing well on, on second half, probably the best second half defense uh, in pro football, should keep us in all of these games. If the offense can manage 20, 21 points, we could probably win every game on this schedule with the exception of the Bills and maybe the Eagles. I, I really believe that we're that close, even with this roster that is still half-baked, Still uh, not ready, you know, to really compete for a Super Bowl, but we're ready to compete against some of these teams. So to answer your question, Cliff, I'm not I'm not super concerned with the schedule. Uh, for me, I, I you know, we seem to have luck playing the Cowboys for some reason. I don't know why. So that doesn't really worry me. The Dolphins, that's the game we're all going to, Dan, or Aldo. Yes, sir. Uh, Dan, Aldo, my wife, uh, my cousin, and... Uh, Dan's lovely girlfriend. We're all going to that Dolphins game, so I'm not fucking worried about that at all. We're going to kick the shit out of him in that game. That's right. We're the 11th or 12th man. <laughs> I can. Th there's very few games I can remember losing going going to, so I'm the luck charm for that. Oh, good. I'll be sitting next to you. I'll place my <laughs> <laughs> Lions. Uh, I mean, they're, they they're putting up a lot of points this year. Uh, I don't know. Lions at Bears. Usually, we seem to win those games. The Falcons, I'm not worried about. That's another game I'm going to because I have I live near Atlanta. I have Falcon season tickets. 
Mm. I'm definitely going to that. We're having an entourage going to that game. That's, we're going to take up half that stadium because um, they don't even pack the stadium full of Falcons fans. I mean, any open seat's going to be taken by a Bears fan for that game, so that's going to be a home game. The Jets, I don't know. They just beat the Packers. Mm. Of course, the Packers, uh, fucked. You know, I don't know what to say about them. I don't even think about them. The Eagles and the Bills, I mean, realistically, there could only be three losses on left on this schedule. Mm-hmm. And there's that's that's how we get to ten and what that would be ten and seven. Ten and seven. I, I would be off by one. <laughs> I'll take ten and seven. Right. Oh, okay, Mister Eleven and Six. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, we can go out a run, man. We can go out a run. Hell yeah. <laughs> now, one comment about the Packers. I was watching uh, the Fantasy Doctors show. You know, they're doctors out of Miami, and they cover uh, injuries in the NFL. Uh, sports doctors. So, anyways, they were saying that Aaron Rodgers actually needs surgery on his hand, from what they have mm. seen and heard about it. And mm. that he would be out for over a month if he gets that surgery. So he doesn't want to do it right now. So if that's the case, you know, I mean, Packers may continue to have some issues if, if Rodgers. You know why he doesn't want to do that right now, Cliff? Because he wants to wait for the month before the Bears game so that he can get that fucking surgery done and be and come back right for that game <laughs> and then kick our fucking ass at Soldier Field with a hand that just got surgically repaired. Mm-hmm. An asshole. That's what that guy wants to do. I'm still waiting for the day when Justin uh, wins the game and puts Rodgers in his place. By the way, the inactives have been released by the Bears. Four players are deactivated. Lamar Jackson, the defensive back, tight end Jack Tongues, Jake Tongues, uh, defensive lineman Kingsley Jonathan, and wide receiver Isaiah Coulter. Hmm. Huh. Well, they just brought Coulter up, so that's not surprising. Right. Yeah, yeah but Patrick or uh, Nikhil Harry's playing now, so. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't think we'll miss any of those guys. We're, we're, no one is going to say, oh, we lost that game because Isaiah Coulter wasn't activated. Uh, so right, uh, right. We're, we're in good shape, hopefully. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, I don't know if you guys looked up weather conditions for the game. They're talking showers and 51 degrees. Mm, bear weather. So, <laughs> so let's hope. You know, Let's see another San Francisco game. Yeah. How much showers, though? Like sprinkle or, you know, a Super Bowl the 2006 Super Bowl downpour. It's it looks like drizzling is what it looks like okay. right now. I'll take that. Yep, that's the question. You know, will it be enough to uh, influence the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, short mention of the NFC North standings at the moment. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. It looks like they're going to run away with the division if something doesn't change rapidly. Packers are 3-4. and four. I mean, they are not doing well this season. Bears are 2-4 and four going into tonight. And the Lions, who have had a bye, are one and five. So Lions are the Lions. That's a pathetic organization right there. And, and they're putting up so many points. I, I mean, I actually feel sorry. I mean, I feel I feel bad for Don Burr. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anytime you know, the, 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 the poor guy, he comes out here every year just – just putting it all out there, man. He's like, this is going to be the fucking year. I'm going to talk shit to everyone, and then we're going to win the fucking Super Bowl, and everyone's going to be like, fuck you, Don Murray, you were right. And here he is, one and five again. Right? Once he shuts the fuck up, then maybe they'll start winning. <laughs> Anytime you're feeling bad about being a Bears fan, 
Just look, just look at him. He's a Lions fan. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> what I do. <laughs> All right, here, continuing on. Listen, we're doing a good, bad, and ugly, but let's start with the bad. All right, uh, the, the number one item on the bad is Belichick. You know, I mean, he's the, the one of the top coaches of all time. You know, maybe some of it's dependent on Brady, but he's still a pretty darn good coach by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Dan A was, uh, Dan Aguirre was on here, I would have him go over how the Patriots have only, or I mean, the Bears have only beaten the Patriots once in the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. You know, ridiculous statistics. Since the Super Bowl, I think, is what Dan was saying. Really? Wow. <laughs> I trust Dan. <laughs> Yes, he, he knows his stuff. So, all right, uh, Belichick, this is an interesting fact. He's tied with George Hellis for wins right now. If he wins tonight, he'll go up 325 to 324 on George Hellis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the sad thing about it, too, because, um, you know, how many of those victories uh, did Belichick win because he cheated? Seriously. Seriously. Uh, guys. Guys, I can't handle this. <laughs> Belichick, we're going to go to fucking Foxborough, and Belichick is going to – if he beats the Bears to take to take that – it's not the record anymore for George Hallis, but to take the, the wins column from him and go into second place, what the fuck? I mean, this is – why does this kind of shit always happen when the Bears are playing someone? Why? What, what kind of stars are constantly being aligned for this kind of shit to happen? It, this makes no fucking sense. We're our football gods, guys. Yeah, we better win tonight. You know, it's, we get up against the Packers and we're we're tied for this and that. And oh, one more game and the Packers are going to take the lead. We fucking lose in dramatic fashion to them. They take the lead in the series. You know, the, years ago they took the lead from us in all time. It, it, and it always comes down to like it's that game you end up playing each other, and just ironically, it happens to be against the Bears that he's going to be going for the. You know, to take George Hallis's win column from him. Sorry, God, that's just what the hell. This sucks. They better what, win tonight. What you're saying, Shorty, is we're not just playing Bill Belichick. We're playing a motivated Bill Belichick. Mm. We're playing Yay. the football gods. We're playing the football gods too, man. Exactly. Do we stand a chance with that shit? All right, let's let's continue through the bad here. Belichick takes away a team's top options, and what do you guys think is the Bears' top option? On, on offense, it's the running game for sure, you know. Oh, yeah. Second best running team in the NFL, over 170 yards a rush. And the uh, Patriots' run defense is somewhere in the middle of the league, so they're not great at it. Um, so that's that's the key thing. How is Bell Belichick going to stop this run game? He'll probably have some success at that. And so what will the Bears do to make up for the lack of run yards uh, play action to me seems like it's it's the number one ingredient now people some people say well if you're not running the ball well then play action doesn't work actually the analytics go against that uh, in fact there are some analytics that say you don't really even have to run the game, but you do have to try to freeze those linebackers. And if you're not freezing the linebackers, I mean, uh, and if you're faking the handoff, the linebackers are so accustomed, the muscle memory to pausing to see if there's going to be a, a handoff that they will freeze. So I got I got to see a lot of uh, play action and a lot of bubble screens to those speedy wide receivers. I think that will help 
thwart what Bill Belichick is going to come up with to stop the run game. Yeah, I think you're right. He's going to be trying to uh, make Justin Fields throw the fucking ball. He's going to he's going to make him throw the ball. And when he can't, it's going to break down around him and he's going to be scrambling for his life and hopefully he's not being hit on the head mm. with a hammer all game again. That's my right. fear. Yep. It's got to okay. stop him. And and it's not all it's not all the offensive line's fault, you know? It's not. Yep, I agree. It's a it's a group I've watched the All-22, you know, the Kurt Warner videos and so forth. It's definitely a group effort for what they have been failing at so far. Okay. Okay. Under uh, the Patriots, QBs. All right. I, I've been hearing that Mac Jones is going to start. He took the bulk of carries with the first team uh, practice reps. Uh, are you guys thinking that maybe he's still a little bit injured? I think he had an ankle sprain, high ankle sprain or something yeah. like that. It's only been three weeks. So maybe he's not going to be at a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, I do think that you know high ankle sprain. He's not going to be a hundred percent. So I would love to see a some blitzes come up over uh, uh, in the middle, and so to flush him out of the pocket, let him try to get him to run and escape the pocket as. And just put some stress on that on, on that ankle. It's interesting that the Bears last week called up the most third down blitzes that they have all season. And when defensive coordinator Allen Williams was asked about that, he says, that, "You know, I'm not telling you we're going to do it more against uh, New England or less. We look at every game and we game plan against the competition, and that dictates what we're going to do on third down, what we're going to do blitzing, and so forth." So. In my mind, given what little I know about this Patriots offense and the fact that their quarterback is coming off a high ankle sprain, blitz the shit out of him, man. Let's get after him. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that what Belichick is doing here is fucking with us. He's, he's putting in Mac Jones to practice all week, right? And then he's going to come out last minute and just start Bailey Zappi. And, and then my fear is the kid's going to come out and just, you know, again, that's what these young quarterbacks love to do when they play the Bears, especially on a team such as this, just come in and light us up for no one's foreseen reason. Like, you know, it's it happens all the time. I mean, how many times have we got our ass kicked to uh, Blake Brock and Rockerai or whatever the hell his name is? You know, it, players like that. It's just like, why are we losing to this guy like this? Uh-huh. To me, I wouldn't be surprised at all if all of a sudden, oh, Bailey Zappi's playing. You know? Well, the Bears had better check the inflation on the footballs, and they better keep those uh, note cards in front of their mouths because you know <laughs> Belichick has uh, lip readers on his side. Oh, and they better God. be looking out for, like, spy cameras. You know, we're laugh, we laugh at that, but really, it's it's true. You've got to take these precautions against, against, precautions against that cheat. But please, yep. go ahead, Cliff. Sure, sure. Well, I'm just trying to keep it moving so that we can, you know, get it done on time tonight. Okay, Ramondre and Harris, you know, they're a very good running back combo. You know, I mean, I don't think they're quite as good as the Bears running back combo, but they are right up there with them. Uh, Can the Bears stop the run? What do you think, Shorty? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, uh, they've had... They've had the, that's that's one of their weaknesses. They're actually surprisingly really good against the pass. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure what their ranking is on run defense. I know their pass defense is I think in the top ten, but their rush defense is 
uh, I mean, actually, they the last couple of games they they haven't they've held uh, they haven't had a hundred yard rusher. I think in what like two games or something. So I I, I don't know. I, the way that the, the Patriots just scare me because of how they scheme things and they, they love to take advantage of other teams' weaknesses and they do it really well. I, I'm just I'm not sure if yeah, I guess I could say yes. That they're probably going to have a pretty good running game tonight. If I had to I, I get so nervous playing the Patriots because I just it, you never know how these games are gonna go. You always there's always a moment where you think you have it and then you lose it, you know. Trubisky with that long run the last time they played the 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 Patriots. He was having a good game. I really thought we were going to win that game. We didn't. You, know, you go back to, you know, Tom Brady, fucking juking Earl, breaking Erlacher's ankles like he's fucking oh Allen Iverson or something. <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> you know, and then running for like forty yards. You know, Tom Brady about people like where the hell did that come from? These are just the. This is there's a lot of teams this season that are just like the, the Texans. Those are always weird games to me. The the Giants are always weird games to me. And the, and the Patriots are always weird games. And so far, the first two have proven to be correct. So I, I just think this is going to be some weird game that I could easily see them just run. It's like you were talking about with Mike North, although, you know, where they just they pass the ball three times and kick our ass with 280 yards rushing. <laughs> I want that to be the other way around. Let's, Me too. Let's just pass three I'm, times and run the ball down their throats. <laughs> I was watching your with you with Mike North, and I was thinking this is so funny because last night I was just talking to Kitty, and we were talking about running the ball and how mm -hmm. when you run the ball, it doesn't stop the clock, and how if you have an incomplete pass, it stops the clock. And I said, realistically – if you could just have one team that ran the ball the entire game, never passed it, and they got a first down every single time, and they scored, and then the the other team went three and out, and then the other you got the ball back and you ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, and you had 500 yards rushing, let's say, or 400 yards rushing, the game would be over in what 60, 70 minutes. That's right. You know, <laughs> she was like, "What, really?" <laughs> so, and then you're talking about that with Mike North. It's like, oh yeah, if they could really just pound the ball this entire game. You know, at the beginning of the season, we're all bitching and complaining. That's all they did was run the ball, run the ball. It's like, but they're doing it well. Why are you complaining? Mm -hmm. you know, 281 yards rushing again tonight or surpass our, you know, what we had since 84 again. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy with that. Heck you know? Yeah. And just my quick thoughts on that. I, I, Always fear a man named Damien. That that that's worrisome to me. But a guy named Ramona Stevenson, that doesn't oh it's Ramondre. <laughs> <laughs> now the Bears are gonna have their hands full with this run game, but they gotta eventually get better at it. And you know, and, and when you listen to the coordinators and coaches talk, it's all about doing the basics, it's all about gap integrity, it's all about wrapping up and tackling and so forth. And eventually this team will get there, uh, unless injury attrition, you know, forces us to forces us to put second and third stringers in there. But I, I got to believe that this run defense, is it's going to start clicking here real soon, and tonight will be a fantastic night for that. I do too. Right. right. Okay, just a couple more lines before uh, I think we have a message coming up from our wonderful sponsor. Uh, <laughs> okay, left tackle Trent Brown. Uh, we got to watch out for him on the Patriots because he opens holes. Mm. So I don't know who the Bears are going to have on that side, but they definitely need to uh, pay attention to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's Quinn who, by the way, needs a big game. I heard a couple of guys on, on the radio today say, yeah, I hope uh, Quinn has two sacks today and then all of a sudden becomes big-time uh, trade bait. But uh, regardless of whether he's going to be trade bait or not, Quinn having a big game tonight would be outstanding for the Bears' chances to win this game. That would be amazing, uh, really. I mean, it's, it's this he's kind of doing what we all feared, you know, going from an 18-and-a-half sack season down to, what, one? Mm-hmm. after six games yeah. and here he is doing it again and it's kind of like we all kind of saw this coming let's get let's just get some sacks and maybe we can get something out of him like you said aldo mm-hmm. but cliff before we get to the good unless you want to do the uh, you're doing this completely out of order which you is cool. the, you know i, I you apologize you, for that you sent me that well no your screenshot you sent me was the the bad the good and the ugly and i thought well that's out of order so i put it in the right <laughs> order and you're like well let's <laughs> so i was the one that fucked that up I, I got to say, I use that cliche all the time, and I mess with it. Sometimes I start with the good. Sometimes I start with the ugly. It all depends. You'll see it again. Well, before we get to the, before we get to the good, uh, let's take a, a pause for station identification. I think the Bears should be 3-3 three and three with any luck 4-2. and two. Period. End of story. Because we have the best, best running game in football. And that's what I hope. I hope they run almost every play against New England and wear their asses down, keep the, the game close with two quarterbacks that I'm not afraid of. There, was, really there was a game last year where the Patriots only ran the ball like three times. Yeah, there you they go. They passed it three times only. That's what I meant, yes. Yeah, they passed it three times. Put it back in his kitchen because I'm telling you right now, that Bear game's winnable. It's a winnable game. We're not talking about the New England Patriots, folks. I mean, the New England Patriots. We're talking about the New England Patriots, like another football team. Mm-hmm. Belichick's a great coach, no doubt about it. And you always got to consider that. But I think Eberflus, with execution by the players, they could be 3-3-4-2 three and three and four or two right now, easily. Yeah. Easily. Mike, you make a really great argument, and you know I, I do agree with you that this team could easily you know, oh. have double the wins that it does now, and uh, so that does say that we're close. During the press conferences this week, uh, Justin Fields stated that he's tired of hearing we're close, we're close, we're close, uh, but they are close. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the reason they're close, but they didn't win, is because partly because of him. Yeah. The nonsense that the quarterback isn't to blame after the quarterback was to blame for everything the previous four years sees a bias in my eyes I've never heard before. If you look at his numbers, Justin Field is 4-13 and 13 as a starter. There's no excuses for anybody. But, you know, that overthrow of the tight end stopped us from being a 3-3 three and three football team. And if any luck, the way we played against New York, we should have won. So just execute, and I like the Bears within the eight. By the way, I love your new opener to that show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I love putting those together. That's that's one of the fun parts of uh, the Barroom Network is doing these uh, video interstitials, they call them, and uh, it's a blast. I want to do more of those. It it is. I'm having a lot of fun with this a little bit I'm doing, too. I have have something here that I have queued up for uh, when I have uh, Chris Watts on, but I can show you that later. Uh, Before before we get into the good, I just want to take, Aldo, you to take a moment to kind of plug what's going on 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 the 
what is it, November 4th, 5th? Yes, uh, no, Saturday, November 4th, as uh, 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 Dan mentioned earlier, where a lot of uh, barroom show hosts are going to be in town. And so we're actually having a get-together for all of these show hosts. Uh, we're meeting at a place called King's Entertainment in Rosemont, Illinois. And uh, from 12 to 2, it's just going to be us. We're going to have some laughs, uh, talk about the network, play some bowling and so forth. And then from 2 to 4, we're opening it up to the barflies. Come and join us, uh, interact with all of the show hosts who will be there. Mike North is going to be there, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to stick around uh, for the 2 o'clock portion when the barflies are there. So more information on that. But Saturday, November 4th at 2 p.m., all you barflies who are interested in meeting Mr. Shorty and meeting Dan Aguirre and meeting John Buffon and meeting so many of the other barroom show hosts, I'll be there too. Um, so uh, mark that on your calendar and I'll get all the information out to you via social media in our upcoming shows. That sounds like a lot of fun, although I'm looking forward to it. We're, we'll be in town. I don't know if Kitty's going to be able to make it. We have our dogs, and it's just really hard for because I'm I might be going now to the uh, Smashing Pumpkins concert. We're not going right with Dan. It doesn't look like I am though. Yeah, so I, I already put my two tickets up for sale. So if they sell, then I'll probably just go with Dan. So it'll probably just be me there. But it'll, that'll be so cool to meet Mike North and everyone else from from the barroom network and, and to meet you in person for the first time too. That that's, that'll be awesome. Aldo. So thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. You guys are making me think about it. I, Come I, on, Cliff. I, I have a complicated closing that week, early that week. So it's not a smart thing to do, but you're yeah. making me think about it. <laughs> Sometimes you get to, the, to get to the game. <laughs> yeah. so, all right. Let's, let's move on to the good. Now that this is the fun part. All right, we've got Lucas back at center. How happy are you guys? That, that uh, uh, although, what do you think? How happy are you? You know, I I am hopeful. Uh, let's put it that way, because he he has not impressed me at all in any of his appearances. And I understand the complications. You know, he's right guard, left guard. You know, coming off an injury and so forth. And I frankly didn't uh, evaluate the tape when he was in Green Bay uh, well enough to tell you, oh, he's going to be fine. Greg Gabriel, you know, who is a former scouting director for the Chicago Bears, he's positive that Lucas is going to be a big upgrade at center over Sam Mustafer. Insert your own joke now. Um, but uh, I, I got to see it to believe it. I hope that the way he was getting beat uh, on certain plays the last couple of weeks, I hope I'm not going to see that at the center position because that would be disastrous. But uh, so I'm hopeful. Yeah, if he ends up not being an upgrade over Mustafer, we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because they signed him to this contract. I mean, they're expecting him to perform for what the next three years? Actually, uh, a two-year deal, I believe. Yeah. Okay. If he sucks at center, mm -hmm. and he's and he's he's not if he's the same as Mustafer, if he's not even an upgrade, then what? You know. So, and so, who are they putting at left guard then? Schofield. Looks oh, like it's going to be Schofield. 
And that that's not good. I mean, l- let's let's be real, guys. This guy in the preseason when we saw him, he was getting beat left and right. And he was actually cut. Let's remember, he was cut from the Chicago Bears when they acquired Alex Leatherwood. And then when Leatherwood got hurt, they re-signed Steven Stevenson. So it's uh, to me, none of that sounds good. <laughs> none of that sounds good. So I didn't even know he was on the team until I was like, wait, what is he in the game for? Yeah, so <laughs> – well, eventually you're going to have Cody White here back, and Leatherwood may develop into, you know, pulling a Tevin Jenkins on that side of the line. Now, one thing one thing I, I could mention is that Tevin Jenkins, when he was playing tackle, he was not doing well. And then they moved him over into the guard spot, and look how he improved. So let's hope Lucas is similar. Yeah. 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 I agree. Let's hope. So, I hope it's the key word tonight. <laughs> familiarity with the position, right? Let's hope that's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to uh, the wide receivers. You got Nikhil and Valus, which you guys talked about a bit. I mean, I can't stress enough how important I think it is to have a big wide receiver like Nikhil carry for uh, Justin to throw to. And then add Valus speed. So do you guys see an improvement coming tonight from them both being on the field? Go ahead, Eldo. Absolutely. I do. I mean, uh, let's keep it simple, stupid, the old kiss theory. Let's figure out the easy ways to get the ball in these guys' hands. When I I went to uh, Bears training camp uh, and in one training camp, I saw a jet sweep run by Nikhil Harry. And I thought to myself, who is that offensive lineman and why is he running so fast? This guy was coming around the corner, headed right at us at the stands. And I'm thinking to myself, holy cow, this is like it was reminiscent of Cordero Patterson when I would see him in Bears training camp. Huge body running very, very fast with the football. I like that. I expect to see that play called early in this game and him barreling over his former teammates. That would be a fire setter starter. Fire setter starter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about both of these guys being in the lineup and hopefully potentially each getting at least six touches each. God, I'm I'm excited too. And I was envisioning the same play with Vellis Jones. Remember the one that uh, EQ St. Brown ran? I think it was the first or second game of the season. Yes. That, that jet sweeper. It was our perfect play. I didn't even know he was getting the ball. And, and I remember thinking, in fact, I said it. That play was designed that had to be for Vellis Jones, and he wasn't in the game because he was injured. I would love to see him in that with that speed, just taking it around the end and see what happens in there. There has to be some plays in there designed for him like that. Now, Smith-Marset was on the field 40% of the time last week, 40% of the snaps. So that's Uh, a lot of playing time for uh, Vellis and uh, Nikhil to uh, fill in. Absolutely. All right, moving along. Uh, Bears coaches are learning. We've had the mini buy now, which actually came at a great time for the Bears. Let them reflect on everything. And I think it was good for the coaches, too, because they get to study their own video and see how the team is doing. Have you guys seen improvement from the coaches? What do you think, Shorty? Have the coaches improved during the season so far? I think they have. I mean, they started off running the ball. I was... You know, I was pretty happy with that. I, I thought they were just trying to uh, let the offense come to Justin. You know, let's get let's just get the running game established and see how it develops from there. And I think that they that's what kind of what they were doing, and they're trying to get this this passing game developed. I like some of the plays that they're running um, on offense. 
if you're watching them, like we talked about, there's plays that are there that are open that just had to be, they have to be had. You have to take them. And it's, it's a week, week. Yeah, it's just a learning process, and we're going to get there. The defense, like you said, Aldo, is one of the best in the league. I mean, especially in the second half. I mean, you can almost count them to shut them down in the second half. So if we can just keep the Patriots from scoring in the first half or keep it to a minimal, a field goal or so, and get into the second half, I'm confident with our defense, with the adjustments that this coaching staff is able to make. I really do believe that this coaching staff, like you're saying, Cliff, is learning. They're getting better as this season is progressing. Of course, they're making some mistakes, but they're not making bumbling idiot mistakes. Like they're not making clock management issues like we're seeing happen in you know Denver. They're not. They're not doing stupid stuff like that. You're seeing the hits principle uh, take effect. You're seeing it work. You're seeing Kyler Gordon get better. You know everyone was shitting all over him the first couple of games, and he's getting better. Which I kind of wanted to ask. It's a different it's a way off subject, but I would. I can't wait to see who's going to guard uh, Tyreek Hill when we play the Dolphins. I, could that be Gordon? Because if he's good enough by then, that could be a good matchup. But that's a side note. But Gordon is Gordon is getting better. Brisker, right? Aldo, you were. Yep. I mean, God damn! If these these two can be all pro, you know, at this point there, there is no Pro Bowl anymore. So what does it matter if you're an All Pro? That's all that matters. Just make yep. it as an All Pro every year, and and and. You're golden, you know, that'll get you into the Hall of Fame, even. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the defense, I, I do think they need a pig on the defensive line. They need that Ted Washington. They need that, you know, Vince Wilfork. I think if they had that, they would get a little bit more out of Armin Watts. I think he's serviceable as, as three tech. But all in all, I mean, we were missing, you know, Jalen Johnson for a couple of games there, too. And he's back now. He's getting back into form. So, mm-hmm. that, could, that guy's a shutdown corner, man. He really is. Really is. So, yeah. The coaching staff, I think the team is taking to them. The coaching staff is learning, and they're getting better. Cliff, I think that this, uh, of all those great points you've got on your Cliff Notes, this one to me is the most intriguing because I do see these coaches developing. But one huge test is going to be tonight against Bill Belichick. You know what happens every week. You know, coaches get more and more tape to study on what tendencies are, what, you know. Uh, and cheat team. from. And cheat from, right? And, you know, what a team does poorly, what they what they do well and so forth. And Bill Belichick is the best at breaking down tape. I mean, the guy, you know, apparently he goes to the shitter and he's looking at tape and, <laughs> and surveillance video and all this stuff. Don't and, touch uh, his iPad. <laughs> Don't don't do it, please. (laughs) So this is a huge, huge test. One of the things that uh, we have seen from defensive coordinator Alan Williams was the exotic uh, schemes he's calling up. Somebody, I I, I should attribute this to the person who said it, and now I'm forgetting who it was, but he was saying, this uh, guy on on talk radio was saying that on first and second down, oh, it's Matt Bowen, who used to be with the Chicago Bears and is now an analyst at ESPN. He was saying on first and second down, the Bears defense was calling pretty much straight type defenses, nothing exotic and so forth, but it was on third down where they were confusing the shit out of uh, the commander's quarterback and that he has seen a progression every week in the scheme use by Allen Williams and some 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 really 
interesting things. And then with Luke Getze, there's been some things too that I, I mean, I, I had no problem at all. I mean, you know, a little nitpick here or there with uh, the play calling from Luke Getze against the Washington Commanders. But for the most part, I really thought that he did a good job of calling plays. It's all about player execution. I think that these coaches are learning, but I think it cannot stop because the le- the, the league's uh, coaches are so good at breaking down tape and anticipating uh, trends and so forth. So it's going to be a great test tonight for these coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that exact phrase. You know, tonight they're going to be tested against one of the best. Let's see what they can do with it. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. We are on to the ugly. All right. You guys have mentioned uh, one or two of these points already in the show, but Justin running for his life. You know, he needs better protection from the offensive line. I am hopeful that. Shifting the players around now, getting Lucas back at center does do some good. Do you guys think it's more important to change players around and keep changing till you hopefully find something better on the offensive line? Or do you want to see the same five continue to play together and grow? Aldo, you take it. Uh, I worry, you know, when you're making a lot of changes on the offensive line. I mean, you know, even Charles Leno himself said it. Uh, when, when This guy really had a, a better than average career in the NFL. He had a poor 2019 season. But when he was asked about his time here, he says, you know, it was a challenge because I had a, a different offensive line coach just about every year. At the left guard position, I had different guys. You know, uh, Cody Whitehair one week and then somebody else another week and so forth. And so it was that was a bit of a challenge for an offensive lineman. Now, maybe he's offering up excuses, but I've since I've been following this game, I've learned that cohesion in the offensive line is the most important element of keeping guys together and flip flopping them around and so forth. Uh, and, you know, they have the practice tape. So they've seen what these guys in the practice squad, they've seen how they're going up against the first stringers and uh, as part of the scout team. So if they're not impressed about how they're blocking against uh, the starters, Mohammed, Quinn, and so forth, then what type of confidence should they have going up uh, on a Monday night football game against the Patriots? So I'm a little queasy about this whole thing with the offensive line, and I, I just hope uh, 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 Schofield, for, for one and first and foremost, I hope he proves me wrong and has a stellar game tonight. I agree, although I hope Schofield, uh, you know, shuts us up and plays well tonight. And I, to answer your question, Cliff, uh, I don't like – and I agree with you, although I don't like to see this shuffling around all the time on the offensive line. You do need that cohesion to be built on an offensive line. I mean, we've all heard offensive linemen talk about how important that is. So uh, – but you get to this point where you're down a Cody Whitehair, what, for what, like another two games now? So we are going to get him back, which is hopeful. But then we're stuck putting a guy who's – you know, we signed to play center whose hand isn't ready, shifting over to the left guard. He's playing a different position. It's it's a little bit different blocking techniques for him. His his body style maybe more for that stout, you know, that center of the line. Uh, there has to be some kind of shuffling going on here when you're having that kind of interior. And it's not all that bad, you know, to what Mike Norse said again, although on your show yesterday morning, that it's not all – you know, the offensive line is actually ranked eighth in pass blocking. 
And I know that sounds strange to hear. And if you haven't heard it, you know, go check out uh, Mike North's show on on Barham Network uh, from on the Sunday mornings. It was a great one yesterday of just Mike North talking about how um, it's it's the amount of time that you have with which to block. So uh, the, the grading goes by the, like, did you set up your block in time to give enough time to pass the ball? And that's what we're talking about, like Kurt Warner saying, just sling it. Right. He had the time right there, boom. But then he holds on to it too long, he gets sacked. Or, by the way, he took not only five sacks last week, but 12 hits. So yeah. with the way he was getting fucking hammered like a nail for the 18th <laughs> time, I mean, even on some of those, even on the touchdown pass, he was drilled into the ground. You know, the, the, that kind of shit takes its toll on you throughout the course of the game. He was hit 12 times on top of being sacked five. That's basically 17 sacks with how he was being hit. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can reduce that uh, by, yes, him getting rid of the ball, faster but the offensive line to me there has been that that interior of the line hasn't been working and i'm hoping that if we can get patrick back i'm not i, I really don't know what the problem is with not putting to carter out there maybe he's not picking up stuff well enough or he, there's stuff we're not seeing but shit the kid played well in training camp from every video that i saw and i wasn't there i know you were aldo but i wasn't there and i know it's just watching a video but the kids seem to have the leverage and things you're looking for and able to keep people, you know, from getting past him. I'm curious to see what they have in him there. Maybe they're waiting to unlock him. Maybe there's something we don't know about it. But Schofield, I'm hoping, can hold down. At least if we can just move forward with this offensive line, Jones, Schofield, Patrick, Jenkins, and Borum for the rest of the season, that would be perfect, right, guys? I mean, that's what we want. We want to see this develop and gel. Shit, we don't want to see Schofield fail. No. I want the kid to do well. So, yeah, we go, go ahead. No, I'll just say real quickly uh, that th- th- this experiment that they're doing with a Braxton Jones at left tackle and Larry Borm at right tackle, we're go- they're going through growing pains like every newborn does, right? But th- these two guys could be our offensive tackles for the next 10 years and be playing at a very high level. This investment of giving them playing time and getting them to know the NFL game, how fast it is, what they need to improve on and so forth, is a great investment. Let's just hope Justin Fields survives it. <laughs> yes, good point. I, what are your thoughts, I, Cliff? Well, I definitely think that it feels like it's been forever with this offensive line screwing up. We're only in game seven. So I try to remind myself of that fact. You know, let's see what they're like in game 15. Mm-hmm. So let's give it a little bit more time, even though I think it hurts all of us to see Justin on his back every other play. Mm-hmm. And again, as, as you guys have both mentioned, Justin Fields needs to throw that ball and trust himself and trust his wide receivers. Obviously, he's not trusting the receivers to be where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And that, that makes me wonder, is it the receivers actually not being there, or is it Justin just not pulling the trigger? 
Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, there's all sorts of different factors. Uh, Eberflus answers that question almost every press conference. It's it's not just the quarterback. It's just not the offensive lineman. It's you know when it comes to pass blocking, it's also has to do with the tight end, the running backs. There's so many different factors involved, and so 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 many times we're quick to just point the finger at the offensive line, and when when that's not really uh, the the entire story. Every everything needs to work. Greg Gabriel said in our recent show you know everything needs to work together in order for you to have an outstanding football team and that's not an easy thing to have that happens in the nfl particularly now we're seeing a lot of mediocrity we're seeing a lot of parity you know and so for whatever reason that is you know the bears are just one of those teams how many elite teams are there in the nfl right now three four uh, outside of that anybody can beat anybody on any given sunday or monday night <laughs> Correct. And the, and the Patriots are not one of those elite three or four. So there is nope. a chance for the Bears here. But their coaching is. That's the, that's the scary part. That is the scary part. Now, one uh, question I just thought of as uh, looking at the end of the cliff notes here is what do you guys, you know, although maybe you could start this one, what do you consider the most important factor for the Bears to win tonight? Ooh. I, I hate to to – say this but it, it really applies to just about every game when i'm asked that question it's the battle at the line of scrimmage the offensive line winning that battle and the defensive line winning their battle you 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 start there your chances of winning i don't care who the opponent opponent is your chances of winning if you win that battle at the line of scrimmage sh- your chances of winning shoot up dramatically and so that's what i'm hoping to see you know, uh, of course, um, you know, you, I, I could say, you know, Justin Fields, you know, letting go of the ball and, and play action and some of these other things, but it's it's the O-line and D-line guys. It truly is the offensive and defensive line. I mean, it starts in the trenches. It's been said for years. It's the, it's the motto of the NFL. It starts in the trenches. If you don't have the trenches, you have a sacked quarterback, you know, and so – this this game, what this ha- what has to happen in this game for me is they have to keep their penalties down. Just to keep the penalties to like three or less, that'll be a good key to winning this game. Another part would be uh, turnovers, create turnovers, get at least two turnovers in this game, and keep your your penalties down to three or less. I think this game is winnable if you can do that. And the second thing to that would be, just to add to that, I would like to see some more of that rip it and zip it from fields. I want to see a little, a little bit less hesitation. I want to see that receiver right in the spot where he thinks he's going to be and that timing to be perfect and for it to just happen. You know, there's another thing that, you know, none of us are taking into account on this. The kid has been training on his footwork and his throwing motion. From day one of this training camp, is there a possibility that any of that is going on in his head still? He's thinking about that? It's a great point. I I, I have to try not to do this. Oh, shit, I have to go like this instead Mm -hmm. of go like this. And so then you're 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 like, shit, I was about to do this. Mm -hmm. I should have just done that, and now I fucked up and I missed that window. Who knows what's going on? It's, I mean, football is just as much of a mind game as any sport, you know? So I think that... uh, I don't know. It's, 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 
I hope it they makes, it makes me it. wonder how important it actually is to get your right foot back for that first step rather than your left foot. Mm-hmm. I know that right. uh, Rodgers and Brady do that, so everybody does that now. Mm-hmm. But right. is it really a critical part of quarterback development to do that? Or is it just something that the, some of the greats do it so everybody should? Yeah, but if you've been doing your entire life with your right foot forward so that you're going one, two, three, four, or one, two, three, one, two, three, five, or into the seven, your drop is different, right? And so when you're starting out with your left foot and you're dropping three or five or seven, it's all designed for you to throw on the three. One, two, three, throw. One, two, three, five, throw. Seven, throw. And he that's what he's not doing, right? Maybe that's because his brain is it's like he's being taught to right left-handed now you know like oh i have to think about this for a second before i'm doing it and that's where i was hoping that eventually this would all start to pay off and we get into game seven game eight and then boom you know 375 yards and four touchdowns yeah player of the week player of the month if, if the bear if the bears get, get their ass kicked tonight this is going to be me aldo this is going to be my version of you Oh, I fucked it up. Hold on, let me try it again. <laughs> That's great, Charity. <laughs> Look at Aldo with all that. Where's your hair, Aldo? Do you still have that gorgeous hair? There you go. Look at that. <laughs> that was. I did that video after the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky. I was so upset. <laughs> well, that is a reason to drink. <laughs> and uh, I, hey, I gotta, I gotta mention really, one last, one last wait, thing I, with the I first. Have to, I, I have to ask you: Were you really drinking there, or was that just like apple juice? <laughs> uh, I did one shot, and then after that, it was apple juice, and then just using the same shot over and over again. <laughs> now, yeah, because you'd be like, <sighs> you'd be on the floor, yes. yes, which I have been in the past. <laughs> <laughs> now, one last thing with the footsteps: I used to bowl in leagues. And for a while, I tried to add a step to my approach, which meant using the other foot. Right. It messed me up big time. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I can imagine how much it does for these NFL quarterbacks like Justin. Absolutely. It has to. I mean, it's not going to take six games to get to break that out when you've been doing it since high school. Right. So or even younger, who knows how long he's been doing it with the right foot forward being taught that way. And his throwing mechanics, I mean, trying to tighten that up. I, I Sometimes I can see it's almost like the, the pass that he overthrew to Griffin in the end zone last week. I almost saw him have that hesitation in his throwing mechanic, like, oh, I, I need to just do this yes. rather than this. And then it's, instead of coming all the way back and firing that arc up into his hands, he just kind of went like this, and the mm-hmm. ball just oversailed him. So, I mean – Hopefully, these are the things that we're talking about that are just minuscule that are being worked out in real time. And we're going to see the results just pan out with a win starting tonight. Guys, I had my, in case you didn't know, I know it looks a little uh, nasty, but that is just, that's my Portillo's Italian beef that I had tonight for dinner. And I know that all that is is all of the delicious juice being soaked up into that bread. Oh, my God. That's my lucky Italian beef for the game that I had <laughs> I from it. Portillo's. And I'm in Georgia. I didn't get it in Georgia. But yeah, we, if you we, do come yeah. up for the game, uh, Cliff, and you drive up, there's one right off the expressway. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I've been to a couple of them around Tampa. 
yeah, that's what the one there. Yeah, yeah, it's right yeah. in Brandon. You just get right off seventy five, mm-hmm. like a get go, go down like a mile and a half. Pick yep. up your portillos, get back on. Just hmm. don't do it during rush hour because it literally takes you about half an hour to get there. Yeah, but there's a back road. If you if from. if you keep going north and go down to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and hang a, and get off there, you can backtrack behind the, the back road and get right in there. Hmm. I'll keep that in mind. Little, and little, normally little you would note. be normally you'd be making me really hungry with a Portillo's beef sandwich, but I made some uh, pork carnitas in uh, braised in lard. So oh. you know, I I'll be happy with that. That sounds absolutely amazing. Braised yeah. in lard. That's that's what um, Alfalfa used to use to keep his little spike <laughs> up on his hair was lard. Remember that? <laughs> Good one. Remember yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, what is he doing that for? <laughs> I haven't cooked. Uh, well, my family used to cook with lard a lot when we were kids, and the food tasted so much better back oh, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would talk to the, some of the Southerners down here. They talk about how you know their, their her mo- his mom used to it's an older guy. His mom used, you know, they used to save all their beef fat and pork fat, and they would render it, and they would use all that. And he said that like the biscuits, because I'm like, I never liked biscuits. They're too dry and just crumbly, and they're not. He's like, no, you have to make them with the rendered fat, like my mom right. used to do. The ones that kill you, those are the good ones. <laughs> That's what somebody in the chat room said. <laughs> so that he, uh, Ravi said, or somebody said that they went to uh, Maxwell Street here in Chicago, and, and they almost got a heart attack there. <laughs> <laughs> With that, should we wrap up wrap up the show with the uh, predictions for the game, guys? Uh, uh, Bears seventy two, Patriots negative (laughs) ten. That's that's actually the point we're at with the cliff notes. The last thing we got to cover is what are our predictions for the score? Seventy two, negative ten, Bears. <laughs> you really, we really have to do this. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you don't have to do anything other than watch the game, which I'm sure everybody here is going to do. Here, I'll go. All right. If the rain is bad, I'm going to say 1713 Patriots, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. If the weather doesn't play any effect, I'm going to say 2417 Patriots. And you know what? I really hope I'm wrong. Yeah, good. I, I'm I'm going to say that the Bears cover at the. Uh, I already laid a bet. Uh, they're uh, getting eight points, and so I think the, I think they'll cover. Hopefully, they'll win outright. I I hope so too. I I, I have some weird score in my head, like twenty three nineteen or something. Hmm. I don't Couple know why. Or something like that. Yeah, maybe something weird like that. But that, that would cover the score, and you would win your bet, Aldo. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> But they would eight. still lose. They would still lose, which would suck. I mean, <laughs> come on. We got to get a win tonight, guys. Yeah. We need to get that, yeah, beating, uh, that. Beating the point spread doesn't help when you want the team to win. Right. Yeah. right. It just helps your pocketbook. Right. Like, you know, and like, a lot of people I've said, well, I don't care if they win or lose as long as Justin Fields improves. But the thing is, we could have both. We could right, have right. Justin Fields have sure, a great right. game, which will usually lead to a, to a victory, especially if the defense continues to play at, at the rate that they have, uh, you know, keeping us in game. So uh, let's hope that, you know, when tonight is over, we go to bed and we've got a smile on our faces. But by the way, remember the, against the Steelers last year, ju- we all thought this is the game. Justin Fields has turned the corner. He looked fantastic. Threw for like three touchdown passes, if I remember correctly. So, 
you know, give us that again, Justin, please. That's what I'm looking forward to. Just it's let's get in prime time. Let's let's shut everyone up, Justin. Mm -hmm. Shut everyone up. Let's let, let's it, the whole, let's the whole Bears team shut everyone up. Win it for George Tellis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> see, see, Chips is a real diehard Bears fan. He says, "Let's just hope we don't get blown away on national TV." He's, <laughs> gone, he's gone through the heartache just like we have. <laughs> I, I think we all know oh, yeah. this is going to be a difficult game. So yes. let's let's hope that they pull pull this one out and we see some good things. Yeah. I hope Justin. you're right. Buster covers with your 24-17 prediction. I hope you're right. Yeah. A lot of uh, predictions in the Bears' favor in the chat room. Good stuff. That's good I to think. hear. I am hope, you know, I'm reverse psychology. 45 to zip, Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably going to hit the off button on me uh, right now, Dan, but I actually took the uh, New England defense. I picked them up off waivers to use tonight. That's it. It's just you and I, although. <laughs> yeah. We're done with that guy. Again. <laughs> uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you got to win your fantasy game. It doesn't matter who you, you pick. You got actually, real money actually, on the line there, buddy. Actually, I'm so far ahead that, you know, it's a foregoing conclusion. So if uh, the Bears want to score 100 points, I'm perfectly happy with it. Oh, that's even what, better. Perfect. That's what I call a win-win, yes. <laughs> Well, I think that's a wrap for the show, guys. Want to get out here and let's get let's get some pregame in before uh, some game time pregame on the television before we start this game. We hope you all enjoyed the game. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special pregame episode with our Podfather, Elder yeah, Gandia. Although it's been wonderful to be on the show with you, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Likewise, and I'm so glad that you're getting back uh, to no some type of normalcy after that terrible storm down there. Thank Absolutely, you. me too, buddy. And we'll see you. We'll see you for the Bears game in November, right? <laughs> yeah. I, you're making me think about it. I'm serious. <laughs> Seriously, do it. <laughs> Got to do it. Got to do it. Live recklessly. <laughs> let me let me see how the uh, uh, closing is going. Uh, you know, because of course I got to put my customers first ahead of, of uh, funds. Of you know, but right. but I am very tempted to come up and meet you guys in person. That would be. That'd awesome. be great to meet you in person. I would have thought it would happen in Florida by now, but the hurricane fucked that up. So <laughs> we're talking about getting getting uh, together for dinner one night, but that was just too in, hard with all that. In the future, we'll do. Yeah, sure. By the way, J2K asked about is there an after show, and indeed there is. Uh, and uh, Mr. Shorty has been invited for the after the game show. Dan Aguirre has been invited. Danny Shimon and Tyler Ellis will be there. John Buffon unfortunately cannot. Uh, be there uh, for tonight's uh, Bear Football After Game Show, but uh, we will have one for you, and hopefully, we'll be a bunch of happy guys talking about a great victory. Oh God, I'll, I'll, be, so. I'll be in the chat on that one. Awesome, Cliff. You and I both. Yeah, I, I hope we're talking about a win. Boy, oh boy, I hope we are. <laughs> Can you imagine Dan Aguirre if we get blown out on national TV? <laughs> yeah. It'll be so miserable. It'll be sad. <laughs> We are, so are, are, we're not are, on the, on the on the bear football. Do they swear? Oh yeah. Well, okay. generally with John, no. Uh, but since John's not on today, uh, because he's got some kind of a government job, and so he's got to be careful with that. But since he's not on today, we'll be fucking swearing. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure I honored uh, you know 
whatever if, if John doesn't like swearing on it. That, but if they lose, it's going to be a rant. Fucking A. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you can always swear using different words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. Hooch will be on tomorrow, J2K, on the Dan and Alder show. Uh, we got to let him get some rest because I think he won so much money this weekend with his bets. He's uh, still busy counting it. <laughs> he's, he's, it's, it's weighing on him on his bed. He's being laid <laughs> down. He's just throwing money on himself, and it's, That's right. he can't get out of bed from it. That's right. <laughs> if, if you want to win money, if you want to win money at uh, betting, that's the way to do it. Hook up with yeah. someone like Tooch, and you know, let yeah. them do the thinking, and just put the money down. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or Tooch is maybe making another porno movie tonight. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, somebody has to take over that bigger dick role from, uh, you know. Nick Falls. <laughs> I'm, not just a, I'm not just an NFL quarterback. I have a big dick, too. Uh, by the way, one last thing. Poor, poor Nick Falls, right? They, their starting quarterback at Indianapolis uh, is out for the season, basically. And so what happens to the backup quarterback, Nick Falls? He's now the backup quarterback to Sam Ellinger. <laughs> <laughs> Born to be a backup. <laughs> oh, God. All the guy does, he's such a he's such a consummate pro, too. Yeah, he is. He, he talks about retiring before, too. And here he is now sucking this quagmire backup, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a fucking Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> you want to you want to pay me millions of dollars to hold the clipboard? Okay, sign me up. Sign me up. He might have the best job of anyone in America right now. <laughs> Any backup or or kicker, right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you don't get injured on the sideline. No, no. you don't. He's gonna be a coach someday, so uh, he's. Oh, just he should be. Known. Yeah, you can always tell. Yeah, yeah, you can tell those coaches. Yep, he's a good guy. Well, guys, that's a wrap to the show. We hope you enjoyed this version of Bears Country Podcast on the Barroom Network. Please make sure that you like and subscribe to the Barroom Network. And as well, Bears Country Podcast, we have our own YouTube channel. Please make sure you go check that out as well and like and subscribe because we have additional content over there as well. Cliff, we love you. Aldo, our podfather, what is that? This is Dexter from the Showtime series. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's got a little knife uh, ready for any uh, Patriots fan. <laughs> nice. Aldo, our podfather, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. This has been a pleasure. It's always so great to talk to you. You are welcome anytime you want to come on the show. Please do. Thank you very much, guys. Great show. Well, are until you my job. <laughs> ah! it can't, Aldo notes don't work, Cliff. <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you should see my notes. I can't even read them. <laughs> All right. We'll check you guys out next Monday night on the Barroom Network. Check us out on Bears Country Podcast. We have more on there for Bears content for you guys to watch. We love you guys. We love everyone in chat. Let's go, Bears. Let's kick some ass. Ready? Bears breakdown on three. Ready? One, two, three. Bears! Bears.